I think it's really knowing your niche, like what you're good at. And instead of trying to put on a persona per se, like really showing yourself because that's what gets people attention. Like people want to see you for you. And when you hone into that and you really showcase your skill set, and in my case, it's going to these things or like showing my acting or whatever skills I have, then you're like, oh, that's interesting. I want to see that. I want to see more of it rather than trying to do something that you're not. I think knowing your own brand, like to know your market, you got to know yourself first. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we have a special guest, Botara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me on this show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Before I start mumbling around, can you tell us about yourself? Okay. So I am an actress. I'm also a published model, a dancer. And I'm also working on an album, so I guess I consider myself a singer now, too. Okay, that's awesome. So you're a bit of a polar worker, right? Yeah. Is there something you want to share with us before we start about your content creation platforms or which platform you focus on? My main focus is definitely Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Botara, B-O-T-T-A-R-A dot Angel, A-N-G-E-L-E. Awesome. So mainly on Instagram, right? Yeah, that's my platform right now, but I'm definitely branching out. Okay. So the podcast is mostly about content creation, but we also dive in business, productivity tips, all the stuff that kind of helps creators navigate this amazing journey that comes with the ups and downs. But Dara, can you tell us a bit about your content creation journey and how and why did you start? Oh, yeah. So I started in about 2018 mm. and I was discovered on Instagram for my dance videos by an artist named Russell. Nice. It's like known before as Deep Pride. He has like a big following. He's a great Canadian artist. So he asked me to be in his music video. And from there, I got inspired more to get more involved with content creation, seeing how he worked. And since then, yeah, I've definitely had ups and downs, but I definitely focus on my journey as an actress as well as like the events I go to and all these other things. So it's like more in like getting other people in the know of like how everything works. Awesome. And when it comes to creating content on Instagram, is there something that you mostly focus on in terms of the posts that you create? Yeah. So besides showcasing my work of what mm -hmm. I'm doing, I definitely show like the business side. Like I go to a lot of events. So it shows people like, hey, it's not all just one area it's not just hey i'm doing a self-tape today for my auditions and that's it it's definitely like a full-on business that's awesome i've seen your instagram it's like it's a bit of everything that you do when it comes to creating those those like snapshots of your events so i've seen you been on some netflix events right yeah i go to a lot of different ones basically when i get an invitation from like any of the big streaming networks or people that want me at their releases then i go to those so netflix hulu hbo max you name it that's amazing you're so lucky right <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a process to get there though. i know i guess it's a little bit of luck but it's also a lot of hard work Absolutely. Which brings us to the next question about your creation journey. Can you tell us a bit about what content creation day would look like for you? Oh, yeah. So depending on the day, uh, it really depends. And also what I'm working on, there's like some productions, they have you sign NDAs and everything. So I can't like post about anything until it's either close to release or at the release time. 
But when it comes to the events, like I take a lot of photos, a lot of videos to create reels and like photo carousels on there. Just that alone, I like wake up and I have to go through a ton of photos, edit those, edit the video, see if there's a sound quality that matches. And then from there on, if there's anything I want to work on, there's ideas that pop into my head constantly. Then I have to reach out to other creators and collaborators for different project ideas. So that's definitely like a focus. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, I know. It's a struggle for us creators generally when we want to create content consistently. It's finding that sweet spot of creating something that you love, but at the same time, something that gets traction and the audience will respond to. I don't want to say magic sauce or secret sauce, but what's your process to find that sweet spot? I think it's really knowing your niche, what you're good at. And like, instead of trying to put on a persona per se, like really showing yourself because that's what's people, that's what gets people attention. Like people want to see you for you. And mm -hmm. when you hone into that and you really showcase your skill set, and for in my case, it's like me going to these things or like showing my acting or whatever skills I have. Then they're like, oh, that's interesting. I want to see that. I want to see more of it rather than trying to do something that you're not particularly, you know, I think. Yeah, stay like, authentic, right? Yeah. Knowing your own brand, like to know your market, you got to know yourself first. Awesome. That's a great advice. Just staying true to yourself is the thing that I tell my audience. And sometimes it's really tricky because we want to be like this famous persona or we want to go viral, but then we mm -hmm. kind of lose track of who we are and it's really a struggle. Can you tell us a bit about your biggest successes and failure when it comes to creating content and how did you navigate around them? Yeah, honestly, that definitely ties into it. Like the whole idea of yeah. knowing your brand, like I, especially as an actress, it's like, you have to know exactly what people see when they look at you, what they would put you in, what they would cast you in. So it's like that same mentality going into the business side as well. It's okay. I'm not going to be creating content for this because it doesn't match me. Like you, you need to know, Hey, like I could try things. I could, and now be interesting and fun because everyone wouldn't expect me to do that or things along those lines. But if it doesn't come off authentically, then they're not going to enjoy it. They're going to be like, Oh, what is this? This is fake. And people see through it because everyone has the intelligence to tell whether something hmm. is fake or not. And from that, just, like you think you know yourself really well <laughs> until you start putting it on like a global platform. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Trying to understand, oh, wait, this doesn't work for me, even though I thought it does. Yeah. A lot of trial and error to figure out that sweet spot. Of, oh, okay. This is who I am. This is what I like. So definitely like tracking, like what gets attention, what doesn't, and also what you feel good doing, because if you feel good doing it, you could always like make the quality better. Absolutely. And it's trying to figure out which form kind of work for you and trying to figure out which kind of content will really bring you a lot of attention can be challenging for creators. But what I found in my experience or we're talking to my audience is you just want to have a clear kind of like why for starting this. Because a lot right. of people start with the wrong reasons and maybe it's money, maybe it's fame, maybe it's something else. But if it's not a really strong why you tend to just quit or you burn out. And I've seen this happen a lot. Oh yeah, it's so frequent. And I think also because they don't have that why, they don't have the motivation and it goes so hand in hand. So like 
to have that focus and everything after a while they're just like okay it's like one and done yeah and sometimes like having a mentor or somebody who really you look up to can help you navigate this which brings us to the next question who has been your most important like mentor dead or alive Ooh, that's such a hard question. Honestly, I it could be, it could be a book, <laughs> could be anything. I honestly love watching interviews online. They're so insightful to really help me understand. Like, it could be anyone. It could be like someone I've never heard of. It could be like a sports interview. It could be business. It could be someone in entertainment. Whatever. But there's always like some little insight you could gather from someone. I think you could always learn something from a person you meet. And sometimes you just get inspiration from just talking to someone that's completely out of your field. So I mm -hmm. definitely look to that a lot of the time. Also, I just see a lot of people, just like my friends that are doing really well, that really inspires me because I'm like, oh, okay. One of the problems I also had before, like struggles, was asking other people for help. Mm -hmm. And then now that I'm like, oh, wait, I can't do everything myself. So like seeing people's process, I'm like, oh, wait, how did you do that? What is your mentality towards this? Those kind of questions that are like genuine and motivated by like your passion rather than just looking for shortcuts per se. I think that really helps me. And I also, I love to read. There is a book mm -hmm. called Atomic Habits. Yes. I don't remember the author off the top of my head, but wow, it's so inspiring. Just like the idea of being these like really substantial habits and then micro habits, right? Yeah. Yeah. So any kind of like self-reflection, self-help books, I absolutely adore. There's also another one called The Subtle Art of Not Giving AF. Uh, I, I love that one too. <laughs> That one's so great. I love how he's so to the point and he really just comes across and says, hey, this is how you need to handle yourself. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. And I love when people are really to the point with me. So I think things that are like really serious and get to the nitty gritty have also been a really big inspiration for me because it's okay. Like no games here. This is yeah. you. This is what you want to do. And this is the big struggle online, right? Is the feedback that we get sometimes can, can be let's say straight, not nice. It can be negative, can be toxic. And mm -hmm. a lot of creators, they struggle dealing with that. Can you tell us a bit about your experience with that? I love to ask this question because I think it's one of those things that a lot of newcomers don't really understand about this kind of content creation world. And if they don't kind of know what's, what they should expect, it's really, uh, it's really tough for them to deal with it. So hearing from somebody like you who already is doing content, can really inspire them to continue, but at the same time, have uh, realistic expectations of the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely had my fair share of hate comments. Like I have been in a few music videos, YouTube, and then I've also had a lot of my own projects come out on the bigger platform, like movies and television and everything. So it's like, I see feedback, even if it's not in direct relevance to me, just because people are talking about it online. They're like, oh, I hate that movie or whatever it is. But then I also get like those Instagram like DMs and everything where it can be anything from how I look to, oh, I'm not talented or, or oh, she said something weird. Just anything. Literally, they could nitpick at you to like at any little thing that you do and you just have to take it and, and just be like some people just don't 
they they feel i think that it's like an insecurity thing and they need yep. to take it out on one and i don't think it's an excuse whatsoever because like online bullying cyberbullying, whatever you want to call it like it's still it's not okay at all but it's like just understanding that other people don't have that confidence yet particularly or maybe they just want to bring you down because they see you doing something you love and, and it also comes with the nature of the internet I, I always say this to my friends imagine how many people would actually come up to you like in the street or anywhere and directly say those things to your face it's really rare it's like impossible wow why would you say this to me but it's online it's rampant it's everywhere and it makes sense because humans they if they see like a wall they can hide behind, which is the keyboard and all this, they can say mean things. But in real life, you don't really see it that much. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like I've gotten some comments about like my body and things like that, where it could be either so rude and nasty or like the complete other side where it's like extremely sexual. And I've never talked to any of these people in my entire life. And I would say the same thing to myself. I'm like, they would never come up to me on the street like this. Absolutely. You know, and you just, it's mind boggling. I don't know how people do it. I think it's so funny. I think to be rude in real life, it takes tremendous amount of courage that it's like 0.11% of people can actually do it. Like in real life, it's so yeah. difficult to actually be rude. <laughs> Yeah, because like the social anxiety kind of thing. Yeah, think, yeah. Right? imagine somebody want to say something mean to you and they come up and they're like, and they don't know what to say. They're already lost. So yeah, it's, it, I, I like the way you put it. Look at it this way. It's like you can separate the internet world and the real world. And, and especially talking to my audience, some of them, they have struggled separating the two because it can yeah. get a bit personal. You can hurt your feelings. Of course, we're human. So that's not, oh, yeah, but. Yeah. It, it takes yeah. practice, right? It's, it's like a muscle. You have to practice your emotional fitness to deal with this. Yeah, you have to develop the thick skin for it because it does hurt. Like you will look like I would always tell myself like, oh, I'm not going to look at the YouTube comments or I'm not going to look <laughs> up the self-review for whatever I'm in, blah, 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 like all those different things. And then I end up doing it. And then I see yeah. somewhere, oh, that girl, da, da, whatever it is. And then I'm like checking it like, oh, is it nice? Is it good? And that was me in the beginning. And even now, like sometimes I get like that, but it's definitely something like a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I think everyone, no matter what tier of work you're at, like what level you're at, they have those moments of vulnerability. They will check it. Like we all are human. We do want to know what people think. And it's not like we have to care what they think, but sometimes it's, yeah, it's your work. You want to see what's working, what's not. And after a while, you just have to be like, okay, let's leave the comments where they are <laughs> and I'll be over here doing the next thing. You can't really like hone in on it. You have to just keep moving. <laughs> and it's yeah, absolutely. And for me, since I started to kind of implement this strategy of like in and out, that's what I call it. So post something online and get out. That's it. Right. Maybe a few <laughs> minutes, but don't linger on. <laughs> Yeah, unless I get a comment from a friend where they're like, I get the notification of checking it. Yeah. It's, just, it's too much for me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see it. But Absolutely. I am 100% like you. Yeah, it's like you're in and you're out. <laughs> That's the way. Can I ask you a question about your, your kind of like priming technique? Are you familiar with the priming thing? So it's like a Tony... It's called priming. It's like a Tony Robbins term. But it basically means that you put yourself in a positive mindset doing certain things. For example, for me, it could be like going to the gym early in the morning and then doing a, a swim and then maybe a meditation session. So this kind of mm. puts you in a mindset of 
being creative, but also, like you said, having tenacity to deal with online and creating content. What's your process to get to that stage of Zen mode? Let's call it that. Yeah, I love that. I didn't know that was what it was called. I love it. I think Tony Robbins the one called it priming, but I'm just borrowing the term. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. I think it really depends on what I'm doing, but I definitely have some go-tos. Like I definitely spend a lot of time just thinking where it's just like me, like laying down just in my thoughts where I'm like trying to navigate through it and be, you kind of, how do I say, how do I say this? I spend my time talking to myself as if mm-hmm. I'm my own best friend. Like I, if I have a negative thought, I have a tendency to work it out in my head where I'm like, hey, you need to stop thinking that way. Like as if my best friend is, hey, you don't think that. It's cool. I tend to do that a lot. I journal like crazy. Journaling definitely helps me like navigate my like mental health, but also just keeps me on track and organized. Oh yeah, this is what I'm doing next. Don't get caught up in X, Y, and Z kind of thing. And I love to do exercise to release my stress too, because it's honestly so helpful. It's great for your body. I love to lift weights or go dance like usual. And then besides that, I definitely listen to some affirmations. Go on YouTube and look those up. I tend to put them on when I go to sleep a lot, just because I think it it like subconsciously seeps into my mind. I know it sounds interesting, but it is true, actually. Yeah, scientifically, actually. Yeah, so I tend to put those things just where it's like making that cause to have a better mentality towards things. And then I, oh, another thing with my journaling, sometimes I'll write down the negative thoughts that I have and then cross it out and then write underneath it how that's not true. Like as Wow, but that's interesting. I love it. So it's, for example... Like if I'm like, oh, I look terrible today, right? I'll cross it out. No, that's not true. Like you, obviously you look great, but blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. Maybe my day wasn't that great. So my mentality shifted and like how I see myself, whatever it is. Things that like genuinely change like the negative into the positive, I'll tend to look at. And then I'll also read a lot of those like type of self-help books too. Like I think those really help. Because then it makes you accountable for your own mind instead of making it where it's, oh, poor me. Like, no victim mentality. Like, you are in control, you know? And I think a lot of people really need to realize that because I think that's what really helps get through a lot of the issues. Especially when it comes to content creation because there's so much, like, comparisons. And and ever a lot of people are doing it. And so it's really hard not to get in your head like, oh, am I doing this right? Am I good enough? Etc. So... Those things tend to help me a lot. Yeah. And sometimes we tend to compare our journey with other people and that's not really healthy because everybody has a unique story, unique angle. And if you want to compare yourself to somebody who has, let's say a million sub- subscribers or followers, and they might have the numbers, for example, that, but maybe something else in their life is not really aligned with what you really want to have. And we yeah. tend to just, because of the social media aspect, right? Like we tend to compare the highlights, the numbers. Those are the sexy ones, the attractive thing about all this. But stepping back, like you said, maybe reading a self-help book or having self-reflection can help you mm-hmm. like, oh, calm down and say, hey, wait a second. I'm writing my own book in life. It's my chapter. It's my journey. And I don't have, which come back to the book, The Art of Not right. Giving an F. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lags. Take your time and enjoy your process, right? Yeah, 
being happy for other people's success, I think also helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Because when you're comparative, if you see it as, oh my gosh, my friends are winning, I'm so happy for them, rather than, oh, my friend is doing better than me, what can I do? I think that shift really makes it where, okay, they're winning, how do I win like them? You know? It's it's having the abundance uh, mindset instead of the scarcity mindset. Right. Like, you can do it too. It's not like (laughs) only one person can be doing well. And I think... That's another thing where people are like, oh, the people that are succeeding are put on like this platform or pedestal kind of thing. But no, like everyone can do this. It's just you have the hardworking mentality for it. And it's just one aspect of their life, right? The success that you see, the highlight, it's just one aspect. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like we would sometimes like we tend to want that facade, right? The highlights. But then maybe if you look behind the scenes, you're like, wait a second, I don't want their life if you see what's going on. So just focus on yourself, basically, and don't give an F. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But can we move on to the next question, which I love to ask for my guests, which is basically, what would you do differently if you were to start today? So imagine this is the first time you're going to start creating content. And like you said, you're going back in time, you're talking to the young Butara. And what would you tell her about starting today? Ooh, I think, honestly, I wouldn't change my journey just because I feel like it really has crafted me to who I am. But if I could say something to the younger Botara, I definitely would say don't be so hard on myself and stop being afraid. Like, just do it because you're always going to have those what ifs in your mind if you don't just go for it. And it took me a while just to do it. And I think a lot of people just need to be like, hey, I'm just going to do this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, go for it, right? Yeah, like just actually do it like even because like I think I had an expectation to be perfect right out the gate mm-hmm. and do you also- sorry do, do you suffer from perfectionism like I do it's my blessing and curse at the same time <laughs> yeah I get so crazy so like I try I definitely have been so much better about it the more time progresses but in the beginning I was like oh if this is not perfect right now like if I can't do this in the way I want to do it and it doesn't come out the way I'm imagining it in my head. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. And I think that mentality was just so limiting for me. So I was like, I guess what I would say to myself would be just stop limiting yourself. I guess the thing about creating content, right? It's, it's about the consistency combined with the volume. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people, especially they start their journey, maybe without some guidance or they're confused and they tend to just focus on the end result instead of the process and that it's very demotivating because if you say i want to get like a million subscribers or i want to get a hundred thousand or ten thousand that's a result that sometimes you cannot control especially with social media instead of focusing on oh i want to make a hundred videos at this year or 20 videos a month or 10 videos whatever it is so it's like the mindset of focusing on the process or the process itself instead of focusing on the end result which sounds fun or it's, like, it's something you can write down of, oh, I want to get to this number. But in reality, it's more complicated than just the number. It's more about doing small steps that get you there. And yeah. I think that's what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah, everything is really based on your passion. And I think that a lot of people, if they have that mentality for the end result, as you're saying, that they're not going to enjoy the process. And then that's yes. where they burn. Yeah, everything. Have, definitely- have you had this before with burnout? 
Yes. Yes, I have. We I all did. Yeah, I'm honestly a workaholic and I tend to overbook myself, like overwork. Mm. And I then after that period of overworking myself, I'll just spend a week just trying to regather myself. Recovery. Yeah, the recovery time because it's just, I don't know why I just put myself under that pressure a lot. So that's something I've been working on. That's also another thing that comes with content creation too. It's like that, that tendency to stress ourselves that needs to be worked on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. we're the ones creating it so if you're not taking care of yourself then that definitely leads to the burnout and honestly it's you definitely want to take some time to relax and think about new ideas and things that are interesting to you that you want to explore rather than just like content even though the idea of consistency is amazing it's like you could still be consistent with having those relaxed periods. Oh. Absolutely. And those periods are when you actually be like, you become more creative, right? Like those relaxed periods, not when you're stressed and you want to do it now. Like you want to force yourself to think of the most creative reel or TikTok video. That's not going to mm -hmm. happen. It usually happens when you're relaxed, when you're in Zen mode. The Zen mode. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it all goes back to the Zen mode. Cause like, I think the planning and preparation is so much easier when you're relaxed rather than being under stress, even though, even if you thrive under stress and that's fantastic, I feel like I definitely do well under pressure too, but I definitely think that I'm more thought out <laughs> when I spend a little bit of extra time just preparing for whatever it is that I'm going to be doing. Yeah, when, when it comes to the reels on Instagram, how often do you post and what's your process there, like in terms of making the reels? I, at this point, I tend to post pretty frequently just because my work right now, we're in the season of a lot of events because there's a lot of award seasons right, right now. Oh, it's been pretty frequent, but I definitely will have more slow periods coming up soon just because I'm on certain productions where I can't be posted and things like that. But I think really I look at more of the time of the day I'm posting rather than how often I'm posting just because I kind of figured like the algorithm goes off mm -hmm. of that a lot of time and okay, what time are my viewers or people that look at my page? What time are they up? What time are they going on? What time are they commenting? Those things are things I track a lot of time. And then besides that, it's also just, okay, what is the project I'm working on? Because I, if I'm making reels about something that's okay, I was at this event and I took a lot of photos and videos to show it rather than, oh, I had to really work on this reel, yeah. then those are two different things. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's really frequent as of right now. I am pretty much posting like a, maybe three, four, four times a week right now. Yeah. Uh, not a day, a week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not being as crazy about it, but I definitely know if I was doing more a day that I would get more traction, but it would, at least in my case, it would diminish the quality of what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. The balance of quality and quantity. Yeah. And when it comes to TikTok, have you, have you been on TikTok? Have you, what do you think about TikTok? Because I've seen you talk only about reels. Yeah, I have been on TikTok before and then I took it down. But I think I'm going to journey into that process again. Yeah, you're like me. I have a, a hate-love relationship with TikTok. I don't know. I don't really like the platform, like in terms of not the content, but just the way it's managed. Like, I come from YouTube, so I'm a YouTuber, so I come from that right. moment. 
Yeah, TikTok for me was always like, like I love dancing. Uh, I'm a fitness trainer. I do mm-hmm. some dancing sometimes, so that's not a problem for me. But like the actual format and the quality of the content, it just felt for me, like, this is fun, but then what's after that? So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to navigate it, but I understand. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Sugar. It's if you're into fitness and health. So for me, it's like sugar. It's, it's yummy. It's sweet, but it's still sugar, right? <laughs> right. Like, I don't think I spent enough time on it, to be honest, where I went my explore page or no, the for you page, right? Mm-hmm. For you page was not things that I personally enjoyed. So I was just like, oh, no, I don't want yeah. to be on that. But I know that the more time you spend on it, the more it gets curated to your likes and interest. And to me, that's scarier because at least on Instagram, like I follow people. And even if I don't like what they post, those are my friends or those are people I'm motivated by, whatever. And I see a, an array of things. But on TikTok, it's these are things you like. Like, look yeah, at it's, like, it's like the algorithm knows better than you, right? <laughs> Yeah, it kind of freaks me out, like the yeah. idea of that. But I probably, if I do start up TikTok again, which I probably will, just knowing how, you know, creation is going right now, I probably would be on there to post and then dip out kind of moment. Oh, Instagram and everything else. Like, I'm like, oh. but yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a lot easier to get a good following on TikTok, though. I do agree with yeah. that. Like, I've seen a lot of my friends who, their Instagram is like very normal numbers, but mm-hmm. then on TikTok, they have incredible amounts of followers. And I, I don't understand why it doesn't translate back over to Instagram. They're trying, like, I've been following the, like, the platform war between mm-hmm. Facebook, which means Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, but that's different, versus mm-hmm. TikTok and also YouTube shorts. So there's a, mm-hmm. there's like a war out there for the short format content. Instagram is trying to get there. But they're also doing it with a bit of a conservative uh, approach. They don't want to go fully TikTok because then they're yeah. going to lose what they had before. So it's a bit right. tricky. And, and I feel that, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I feel that it's going to be interesting to see what's the next thing that will dominate internet platforms in terms of content. Because long right. format content like YouTube, it's still there, but it's not getting as much traction. Like now, even YouTube, like, I talked to some insiders at YouTube and they said mm-hmm. that YouTube is fully on with YouTube shorts. They almost like forgot about the long format. They just go fully on in terms of features and their investment with the short format. So it will be wow. interesting to see like where this is going to go in the future. But I have a feeling that short format will be something that people will get on like what's happening now. But then again, people will have this hunger for the long format again. Like the trends of the internet, right? Yeah. Honestly, I love the long form. I go on YouTube and I'll be watching like 30 minute videos. I'm definitely on the opposite end of that, but I understand it because I guess a lot of people just want to see different types of content very quickly. So that definitely makes sense for them to be investing into that short form style. Yeah. And by the way, there was a study, I don't know, I don't remember exactly the details, but there was a study about like long form and short form in terms of mm-hmm. the the audience quality and it's a no-brainer but it's it, they found out that long form if you have fewer viewers for the long form you tend to build long lasting real relationship with them like mm. maybe 50 viewers or 100 or like 1000 viewers of a long form video is way better than let's say 10,000 or 100,000 of a short 
TikTok or whatever short format video, because the relationship that you have with the audience depend on how much time you spend with them, which right. is the psychological part of it. And yeah, on, on like TikTok, you- people, yeah, have fun, but then it's not like a long-term relationship. Right. Yeah. Cause I've noticed that even when TikTok people, they get bigger and they get more personality like careers in the industry, they're not as trusted yet in comparison to like a YouTube star where the YouTube people, they tend to be trusted a lot quicker. Oh, I know this girl from YouTube and now she's a host or she has her own talk show or whatever it is. And then they tend to have better interactions at least. And I also see that their comments are more positive. Yes, absolutely. That makes a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think YouTube ranked number one, then Instagram, then maybe, I don't remember the other one. Twitter was the last one. (laughs) Twitter was so bad for the (laughs) positive stuff. And I think TikTok was the second last. Yeah, it makes sense because I think it just comes back to what I said about the psychological part. Like, think of a roommate. Like, if you have a roommate for five years and one like for five months or five weeks, it's a different relationship, right? One you trust more, one is... Not really. It's so weird too, because I remember when TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people forget about that. They're like, oh yeah, like TikTok is not a new platform. Yeah, it's it's been out for a really long time. It's just that people didn't know of it because they changed their name and branding. So I think also like branding plays a big part maybe because it's like, like consumer loyalty, like how you're saying like the longer you are with them. So it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting. So maybe in a couple of years, TikTok will be more trusted. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, they, they still have uh, troubles with the China data thing. Let's that's see how that goes. Thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want my data. I know that honestly, pretty much everything on the internet stores your data at this point. Mm. But I feel like because TikTok is like a whole level of it where, and it's so known where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm scared. So I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I love the concept of being a poly work. Uh, but also in the terms of a platform, like you don't want to just focus on one platform per se. Maybe you can build, right. build an audience there, but then you always want to take them to your own website or your own blog or platform because you have control over it. It, it happened with some of my friends. They were creators in Hong Kong. You know what happened in Hong Kong, right? Like oh, TikTok what? just vanished one day. The TikTok is oh. not available. <laughs> Yeah, so people built like millions of subscribers or like followers on TikTok and their the whole audience is gone one day. Right. Yeah. That's the lesson oh, to learn from. I literally was like, what? <laughs> I uh, heard yeah. of a friend that lives in Hong Kong too, and he's like, What happened to my TikTok? That uh, was crazy. I can't believe that even can happen. No, yeah, I'm definitely that's something I've learned just recently. It's okay, don't focus on just one app or not just one platform. You have to expand and utilize each platform for your business. And I am definitely going to do that. I'm going to start up YouTube soon and everything. Awesome. So yeah, I love YouTube. So definitely YouTube. I'm going to try to get on TikTok. And a lot of people are streaming on Twitch now, which I haven't experienced personally, but I know Twitch has been around forever. I know it's mainly gaming and everything. And I've seen a lot of it on YouTube, which is so crazy. But yeah, I definitely want to get in that sphere too. I think it's interesting and it's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And Twitch and YouTube, it's a different kind of war. They're really playing the long game there. It's Mm. a very tough game for them. Find the right audience because like Twitch is trying to 
take the YouTube audience and YouTube is yeah. trying to take the gaming audience and it's a whole war out there while we still enjoy the process. I love it. I love it. At least it gives us more opportunities that way. Absolutely. I mean, it's never been a better time to be a creator than now, honestly. We're yeah, so privileged. Yeah, especially because there's so many more opportunities now. It's insane. Yeah, definitely. All the different platforms have their pros and cons. Absolutely. Sure. Well, can you, the last question, so let you go. Can you tell somebody listening now who's hesitant, they're scared, they want to start creating content, but they're not confident in themselves. What's your message to them? You're talking to them, not to me. So what's your okay. message? To whoever is concerned, please just drop all of those stressful barriers and limitations you have on yourself and just go for it. Like whatever it is that you want to create, I can guarantee to you that you can actually create it and that you will actually do well with it if you really keep at it and you're super passionate about it. Don't focus on those bigger goals, make every little mini step like a goal and a win once you get there. Celebrate your wins, even if it's just taking the first step and making a reel on Instagram or just going outside and thinking about different things that you can be creating. Like those are all little mini wins and each step you take definitely makes a ripple effect. So just take it day by day, but you got this and you can do it too. That's it. Beautifully said. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Budarak, uh, we're, we're going to wrap the episode. Can you tell us where people can find you and what are your next big projects or your next thing? Yeah. So, you can find me primarily on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at otara.angel. So, it's B O T T A R dot A N G E L E. We're going to put then... it on the show notes. Perfect. And then I'm also on IMDb if you want to ever check out the work I've been in. Look me up under the same name. And then from there, you could also find my upcoming projects that I'm working on in film and television. And if there's anything that's coming out, which I do have some things coming out soon that are going to be on different platforms, just check my Instagram. I'll be posting about it like crazy until I have my other platforms really substantial and up there. So that's it. <laughs> thank you so much. So, Butara, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for watching and see you in the next one.